0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello, <clears throat> welcome to the part two of college football season previews. This is the ACC season preview, as you can obviously tell from the title. Um, win totals that I'm going to give you come from Caesar Sportsbook. Going to go over every team and their win total in uh, alphabetical order. And then tell you my projections that I've done picking each game at the very end. Um, but yeah, win totals for each team coming from Caesar Sportsbook. Let's get into it. Uh, Boston College, the first team we're going to talk about here today. Uh, over under five and a half wins for the uh, Eagles last season they went three and nine overall and two and six in the ACC. Zay Flowers and the offensive line are both gone. The leading receiver and sort source. Of most of the excitement for Boston College last season, Zay Flowers departed for the NFL, as most of the offensive line also bolted from Boston as well. Um, They did recruit better than they have in the last 20 years, though. They do, however, at one of the best recruiting classes the school has had since the likes of Doug Flutie were in town, and the team was regularly winning eight or more games per season. They do have a soft schedule as well this season. They got a good hand in conference play and followed the SEC model of scheduling for wins and not scheduling for the best product on the field in terms of game and entertainment. Next up, we have Clemson. The Tigers, the over-under set at 9.5 wins this year. Last season, 11-3 overall, 8-0 in the ACC. They beat North Carolina 39-10 in the ACC Championship game and then lost 31 to 14 in the Orange Bowl to the Tennessee Volunteers. Garrett Riley is the new OC. That's the biggest story I have. Garrett Riley being the OC, Cade Klubnik being the starting quarterback after DJU left. Clemson's offense was widely considered too basic and vanilla for anyone to struggle understanding what was going to go on when they played against the Tigers. With the thought of previous OCs being that their guys were just better than whoever they were playing, now they have Garrett Riley who, as Joel Klatt says on his show, you tell me the last time that a, Riley, a name Riley as a coach in college football had a bad season? You get back to me when you think about it, okay? Um, Kate clubnik likely looked better this year. The defense, though, is going to be stout at Clemson. We know this team is poised to stay, you know, the same 11-3 and three as last season, very likely. Next up, Duke, the over-under at 6.5 wins last season. They had the good side of the schedule and finished 9-4 and four overall, 5-3 and three in the ACC. They beat UCF 30-13 in the Military Bowl. They have a better team on paper this season, but are likely going to have a worse record with a tougher schedule in front of them. Coach Mike Elko massively overachieved Duke's standards last season in his first year at the helm. But now he has the rough rotation of the conference schedule, so even if this team is considered widely better on paper, like I think, than last year's team, it's probably still going to look worse than the 9-4 overall record. The win total tells you that being at 6.5 after winning 9 games last year. Florida State, the Seminoles, the other hype team in this conference other than Clemson, their over-under is also sitting at 9.5 wins. Last year they went 10 and 3 overall, 5 and 3 in the ACC, and they beat Oklahoma 35 to 32 in the Cheez-It Bowl. The offense, our offense, offense averaged 36 and a half points per game last season. Quarterback Jordan Travis and new additions to the team such as tight end Jaheem Bell from South Carolina and wide receiver Keon Coleman from Michigan State will likely help keep this offense electric this year adding some more firepower to a team that already scored an outrageous amount of points last season. The defense also kept defensive end Jared Verse, who likely could have gone first round, second round at worst in the NFL draft this year. He is one of the NFL's top prospects in the ACC, came back to school, and uh, he's leaving Florida State in a position to challenge for the best defense in the conference. The only real weakness being safeties and true depth on back end. But, Defense is much better than it would be without verse returning to school. Next up, we have the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. They're over under, set at four and a half wins this year. Last year, they went five and seven overall and four and four in the ACC. Four of their five offensive line starters return. We're going with the only positive that we can get. Brett Key returns to take full time head coaching team duties. After getting the squad to rally around him on the interim tag at the end of last season, he now looks to get more of that buy-in from his players throughout the course of a full season in charge. Then we go to the feel-good story of the conference, Louisville Cardinals over under set at seven and a half wins last year. They went eight and five overall four and four in the ACC and they beat Cincinnati 24 to seven in the Fenway bowl. Got a new coach, better quarterback and an easy schedule. Um, Jeff Brom, the hometown boy, used to play quarterback for the Cardinals, grew up in uh, Louisville. He's the new head coach taking over after Scott Satterfield bolted to Cincinnati. Uh, Satterfield left because his job was in jeopardy and he found a new one. So <laughs> he said, I won't let you fire me. I'll just quit. Uh, Jack Plummer comes in from, I believe it was Cal, completely forgot to write down the school. Now the high-flying offensive, Brom, gets to start out in the good rotation of ACC teams with no Clemson, Florida State, or North Carolina, helping to ease this team into its new direction. Then we go down to South Florida for the Miami Hurricanes, over-under set at 7.5 wins. Last season, they went 5-7 and overall and 3-5 and in the ACC. Tyler Van Dyke at quarterback, is this going to be good or bad this year? TVD was considered to be one of the best NFL quarterback prospects after playing some games at the end of the 2021 season, but 2022 is all over the place. But that didn't stop teams like Alabama from sniffing around Coral Gables to try and snatch TVD away, but the Hurricanes kept him in town with a new NIL deal, likely to start and lead this program to success this year, or at least they're hoping so anyways. They are strong in the trenches, though. Head coach Mario Cristobal is a notoriously good recruiter, and he's beefed up on the offensive and defensive lines massively since joining the program. And with many pundits saying that you have to win in the trenches to be successful and control the line of scrimmage, it's only a matter of time before the Hurricanes have that base covered. But I think that win total is right about right with 7.5 wins. North Carolina up next, the over-under for their season win total is 8.5. Last season, they went 9-5 overall, 6-2 in the ACC. They lost 39-10 to Clemson in the ACC championship game, and then lost 28-27 to Oregon in the Holiday Bowl. What is there, though, besides Drake May? It's a very shaky defense and a less impressive receiving core after Drake May's favorite target, wide receiver Josh Downs, left for the NFL and was drafted by the Colts. They do have the tough schedule this year, starting out the year at the non-con against South Carolina. UNC also has to go on the road to Clemson, NC State, Pitt, and Georgia Tech. The Yellow Jackets might not sound like a tough test, but they already beat the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill last year. So this is a return trip to Georgia this year in Atlanta. Next, we go down to Raleigh, North Carolina State. Over, under six and a half wins this season. Last year, they went eight and five overall, four and four in the ACC, and lost 16 to 12 in the Duke's Mayo Bowl to Maryland. Brennan Armstrong and Robert Anai are reuniting here. Brennan Armstrong had his best collegiate season under the influence of offensive coordinator Robert Anai, and the two are now teaming up again in Raleigh with NC State. Always having a strong defense, all it takes is the Wolfpack to have the offense to start firing on all cylinders and stay healthy for this team to push for eight or nine wins this year. Next up, head up north again, Pitt, the Panthers. Over under six and a half wins is the line for the Panthers. Last season, they went nine and four overall, five and three in the ACC and beat UCLA. That's definitely not right. 37-37. I believe it was 37-35 in the Sun Bowl. Never doubt Pat Narduzzi, but also never lay the points with him in a betting situation. Pat Narduzzi is one of those coaches like Dan Campbell on Hard Knocks with the Lions where he bite kneecaps off and run through brick walls for his team to be successful. So no matter who they lost on the portal or who they brought in from recruiting, just know that this team is going to overachieve whatever your expectations are. The defense is always strong and the offense tends to be slow and annoyingly unsuccessful until you look up in the third quarter and the score line is something like pit up winning the game 21 to 10 Syracuse is next team up over under six and a half wins is the line this year. Last season, they went seven and six overall four and four in the ACC and they lost 28 to 20 in the pinstripe bowl. Does Dino Babers make it through this season? That is the question for the orange this year. Syracuse starts easy with Colgate and Western Michigan in the non-con, but then it's only downhill for the rest of the season leaving many analysts guessing that Dino Babers could be ousted later on in the year if this team has a collapse like last season where they lost six of their last seven or just, you know, spending the season being outright disappointing. Also another possibility for this team. Um, Then we go to Charlottesville right down the road from me, Virginia, the Cavaliers, the Wahoos. The over-under set at three and a half wins. Last year they went three and seven overall and one and six in the ACC. Tony Musket, the Monmouth transfer, is the new quarterback after Brennan Armstrong left, but the Cavaliers are going to need a lot more to help than a guy with a cool name to be successful this season. Coming off a year in which they didn't finish the schedule after a tragic on-campus shooting caused them to cancel last season's games at the end of the calendar, this team is just looking for any sort of hope and uh, any kind of bright spots this season to feel better about the program. Um, not sure they're going to get it with Tony Elliott at the helm. Um, that's the only things I have to say about Virginia. But we'll go down the road a little bit to Virginia Tech Blacksburg over under five and a half total wins is the line for the Hokies. Last season they went three and eight overall and one and six in the ACC. They do have a bit of a rough schedule. Uh, Virginia Tech has the roster of a team who would likely win between seven and ten games in some lower conferences. Um. Wow words, but they do have a tricky schedule on their hands with road trips to Rutgers, Marshall, Florida State, and Louisville coming before heading to Charlottesville to close out the year with their in-state rival, the Virginia Cavaliers. Not exactly the easiest teams to go visit. Maybe Rutgers is the easiest road trip there, but Marshall's not not a fun trip to make. Florida State's never a fun trip to make, and Louisville also going to be a tough challenge on the road. Last but certainly not least, Wake Forest, the over-under, on this team is set at six and a half wins last year they went eight and five overall and three and five in the acc they did beat missouri 27-17 in the gasparilla bowl sam hartman left for notre dame but i found max griffiths but i've heard other people say mitch griffiths uh is replacing him so whatever name it is i'm sorry mr griffiths But (laughs) my question, is the slow-mesh offense able to be replicated by someone who isn't the all-time ACC leader in passing touchdowns? That will be the question in Winston-Salem this season after Sam Hartman transferred out to the Fighting Irish in Notre Dame, leaving the understudy. Again, Mr. Griffiths, uh, he's getting the offense and giving it his best shot. Uh, So, yeah, Wake Forest is going to have to hope the offense can at least keep up some of the pace that it had before with Hartman. But my projection for the ACC, starting from bottom, going up to the top. Dead last, I have no hope for this team. Honestly, Virginia going 1-11 and on my project and projection and 0-8 in the conference, 150-1 to to win the conference. I just don't see the bright spots on this team, period. <laughs> end of discussion. Um, end of the season was a tragedy, and they lost – any players a note to the transfer portal. I just don't see the bright spot for this team, and I think Tony Elliott is on the hot seat either in the middle of this season or at the end of it. So um, I'm hoping for better, but not expecting it. 13th, Georgia Tech. I got them going 3-9, and 1-7 and seven in conference, 100-1 to one to win the conference. Again, it's another school that has the high academic standards being Georgia Tech and not being able to take as many transfers in as they lose out on. Uh, recruiting classes tend to not be the best because they're not a school that's focused on sports. It's more about academics, but I think the coach can get them to rally around him and produce better than the, um, what it looks like on paper. However, I can say that better. Um, 12th in the conference. I have Syracuse going three and nine, one and seven in conference, 80 to one to win the conference. I don't think your head coach is making it through the year. If you're an orange fan, sorry, not sorry. That's just my prediction. Eleventh, I got Wake Forest going six and six overall, three and five in conference. Fifty to one to win the conference. I think Sam Hartman not being there is a downgrade. And after going uh, seven and five in the regular season last year, I think it's safe to say they can lose one more game with someone not named Sam Hartman, who isn't the all-time leading touchdown passer in ACC history at the helm of the team. I think that's pretty safe to say. Tenth, I have Boston College going seven and five overall, three and five in conference. One hundred and fifty to one to win the conference. I ain't taking that, but um, I think they just recruited better than normal. They have a softer schedule, and they got the momentum from the end of last year with Zay Flowers going to the NFL as a superstar wide receiver. So I think they use that and improve on last year's team. Ninth, I have North Carolina. That one might be shocking, but uh, seven and five overall, four and four in the conference. Uh, they're plus twelve hundred, so twelve to one to win the conference. I just think this team is Drake May and a whole bunch of. That's about it. Uh, I don't know with a defense that will let anyone score. They're likely to have a lot of uh, forty and fifty point shootouts, uh, pretty much every single weekend. But I just don't see Drake May being able to win more than the amount of games I gave them, to be honest I just don't see it uh yeah no anyways eighth I have Miami going 7 and 5 4 and 4 in the conference specifically in 16 to still 16 to 1 words are really escaping me tonight I'm sorry but Miami's 16 to 1 to win the conference not going to bite on that as well hurricanes like I said going to be better in the trenches both sides of the ball They'll be able to control the line of scrimmage, but unless Tyler Van Dyke takes a massive step forward or plays like 2021 TVD, I don't see this team taking that big of a step forward, and Cristobal is probably in this for the long run where the more recruiting classes he gets to build up, the better this team is going to look. Seventh, I have Duke going 7-5 and five as well, also 4-4 four four in the conference. They're 30-1 to one to win the conference. Again, this team is going to be better than last year's team. Riley Leonard is likely a top-10 quarterback in terms of draft prospects. I just don't see enough of the rest of the team to make a huge jump up the standings from where I have them. Sixth, Virginia Tech Hokies, 9-3 and three overall, 5-3 and three in conference, 80-1 to one to win the conference. I felt like this was extremely lofty, um, but when I went through the schedule, I couldn't find any obvious games that they're going to lose. It's a lot of coin flips. That I gave him wins for, just benefit of the doubt kind of stuff. But I still do think this team is top half of the league good this season on paper at the very least. Coach Price seems confident this team's gonna improve as well, so I'm gonna take his word for it. But um sixth is where I got him. Like I said, the nine and three might be lofty, but I think that's about where they'll finish in the standings. Next up I got Pitt, the Panthers at fifth, eight and four overall, five and three in the conference, twenty to one to win the conference. I'm not going to bite on that either, but Pitt, never doubt Narduzzi. But if you're going to bet on Narduzzi, don't lay the points with him. That's all I'm going to say about Pitt. Um, Keaton Slovis transferred out. They bring in Phil Drakovic from Boston College, I believe. believe. Not the smartest guy, but I believe. Um, He's better than everyone thinks, and offense is probably going to score some more points as long as the defense doesn't allow a stupid amount more. Cagey Kansi is going on the defensive line but they always chuck out defensive line talent. Fourth in this ACC preview, I have Louisville going 8 and 4, 6 and 2 in conference, 12 and 1 or 12-2-1 to win the conference and the betting lines. They're going to take a big step forward with Brahm. They feel the momentum, brought in some good transfers, and they're bringing a system that's likely to succeed in this conference. There's a lot to like about Louisville and I'm jumping on the bandwagon but I'm not saying they're going to go crazy <laughs> but third in the conference I got NC State the Wolfpack going 9 and 3 overall 6 and 2 in the conference they are 18 to 1 to win the conference they'd pro- them at 18 to 1's probably the only one I would take outside the obvious top two as a chance just because the schedule is so soft for them, in conference at least, to get to the championship game. 18-1 to is going to be better than any money line you're going to get on them to actually win the championship game when the time comes. So if you think, like me, that their schedule is soft and they have the talent to overachieve the expectations, that's a nice number to take a nibble at, but I wouldn't lay too much on that one, to be honest with you. Now, like I said, the top two, pretty obvious second. Florida State. I had them going eleven and one. Only loss being Clemson, at Clemson. <laughs> I think that one's pretty easy to pick out. Eleven and one overall, seven and one in the conference. They're plus one forty five to win the conference. I think Jordan Travis is going to be himself is enough. Then you add in Keon Coleman and Jaheim Bell as targets, who are both studs at each of the schools they transferred in from. Uh, then we go to the defensive side, Central Cypress. Coming in uh, is going to be good. Jared Verse coming back to school is going to get some pressure on the quarterback and force some more mistakes out of them. I just think there's a lot of positives all up and down for the state. Like I said, the only issue is safety depth or depth on the back end entirely, cornerbacks and safeties included. If they can keep keep those guys healthy or keep the backups relatively close to the production of the starters – they're going to be pretty dang good this season. First, though, Clemson, 10-2 and two overall. It's 7-1 in the conference, plus 120 to win the conference. I think that's the one that I'll put in most of my picks for uh, them or Florida State's my two biggest picks. But NC State, like I said, at 18-1 to one is a crazy number. But for Clemson, the offense is going to be better. You saw what Max Duggan did last season at TCU when he wasn't even the starter at the start of the year. It was supposed to be Chandler Morris. Um, so if Max Duggan can get a Heisman invite after not even being the starter at the beginning of the season, imagine what a five-star quarterback that everyone expects a lot out of and Cade Clubman can do. At the sky's the limit for the offense on Clemson. As long as the defense can stay up to its normal standards, the Tigers are probably going to run this conference yet again. That's all I got for the ACC. Um part two of I believe six that I'll be doing each of the five power conferences and then the group of five will get its own episode so two of six numbers words are escaping me but hopefully you enjoy this and I'll talk to you soon for another conference preview thanks for listening (music) bye-bye